Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 17th, 2019. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Okay, have two new videos up on the blog, uh, both from um, WWE. The first one is from Monday night's episode of Raw. It is the Kabuki Warriors versus Natalia and Lacey Evans. So the setup for this had Natalia and a mystery partner, okay? And I think most fans were disappointed when the partner turned out to be Lacey Evans, all right? I mean, she just is awful. She sucks and we don't want to see her. And they seem to think they want to push her or something like that. So the most notable thing about this match, which was a long match, probably too long, uh, is Asuka and Kyrie compensated for the plodding ring style of Natty and Lacey. And so they had a tough time making them look good, you know. They're both too slow. I mean, Lacey is just, ugh. And so the match wasn't very good. And the end came when Kyrie made a blind tag and Lacey hit her with her punch finisher and Asuka rolled up Lacey for the win. So Kyrie's of the lace of the punch was pretty funny. So now the Kabuki Warriors are officially on Raw, but they will defend the titles, I am told, on all three brands, because that's what the original plan was, okay? So the thing that was weird about the draft is after the draft uh, on Monday, most of the women were on Raw. I don't even think they noticed that. So really, Sasha Banks and Bailey were on SmackDown, and then it's pretty slim pickings after that. So what they did is a couple of days later, like on Wednesday, they moved... Um, uh, um, Alexa Bliss and uh, Nikki Cross to SmackDown as well. So it really doesn't change anything as far as Asuka and Kyrie are concerned because uh, they, might all, they might be on all three shows. Who knows? I mean, they're workhorses, so they can do it. It's not that big a deal. But the, the, the point is, the whole draft was so stupid. It was done so poorly. And then a few days ago, Eric Bischoff, who's supposed to be running SmackDown, he got fired, and Bruce Pritchard is now in charge. I believe of uh, Bruce Pritchard and Ed Kosky, who's been a longtime writer for the WWE. So the whole thing with the draft was a big disaster. So the question that most fans are asking is, well, are they going to stick to these rosters, or what are they going to do? I mean, what if the ratings on Fox aren't any good? Well, that's what we're going to find out, right? Okay, so the other uh, video that's up on the blog is from last night's episode of uh, NXT, which uh, actually hasn't aired here in Canada. It'll air tonight. And that is Io Shirai versus Caden Carter. Uh, Caden was formerly known as Lacey Lane. She is billed as from the Philippines, but she trained at Team 3D in Florida. Uh, she has talent, but she's very green. Um, her major problem, from what I've seen of her, is she, she tries to do too much. And, and there's things that she doesn't need to do. Now, EO's entrance was the best thing about the match. I mean, I don't know why, they're giving, why they gave Caden so much offense in a squash match. It does nothing for EO. And so really, I, again, it's a case of where I love EO's entrance but she's not doing the same thing in the matches, okay? And I just like to see her be crazier in the matches, okay? 
you know, she's still wrestling like herself, right? Now, after the match, you know, EO finished her with uh, a German suplex, which made her look very strong, and then the uh, moonsault. Now, afterwards, Rhea Ripley comes down to the ring. EO smiles at her and then yells at her in Japanese while leaving. So next week, they're going to have Rhea facing Bianca Belair, and I would expect EO to interfere in that match. And then there's also going to be developments in the title picture regarding Tegan Knox. So I don't know what the end result of that be, will it be of all that, but it's getting a little confusing for me. Okay, so again, both of those videos are up on the blog. Now, the reason I'm doing this, on thir- doing this uh, podcast on Thursday, and I didn't realize this last week, is that uh, UFC on ESPN 6 at TD Garden in Boston is Friday night. Very unusual for a UFC show. The majority, vast majority of UFC shows are on Saturday. There's occasional shows on Sunday, Friday, maybe once or twice a year. Very unusual. Anyway, there's two women's matches on this show, so let's go over them. Uh, the first one is uh, at Flyweight. It is Macy Barber versus Jillian Robertson. And... Uh, this uh, is going to be on the main part of the card. Uh, the uh, entire show starts at 6 p.m., so considering the timing, I'll probably um, record uh, SmackDown. So uh, Macy is 22 years old. She's originally from Colorado. Uh, this will be her first camp, full camp, at Rufus Sport in Milwaukee. So we'll see. I mean, she's got real talent, okay, especially striking. She's very strong. Ground game, not so sure. But I mean, she's like anybody else. She's young, so she has deficiencies. And it's up to uh, Duke Rufus to figure that stuff out. So uh, I like her, but uh, I want to see what she's like after a full camp at Rufus Sport. Okay. Uh, This is uh, not going to be an easy match for her. Jillian is uh, originally from Niagara Falls, Ontario. She uh, trains at, um, at uh, American Top Team in Florida with Dean Thomas. She has trained with Dean Thomas for a long time. And uh, she's, um, what is it, 3-1 and one in the UFC or something like that. She's a submission specialist. I mean, the thing I like about Jillian is she wants to finish. Okay? So Macy's the same way, but they just have a different way of doing it. Macy is more of a striker. And uh, Jillian is a submission artist. So the thing about Jillian is if she can hook a submission, she will get a finish. So it's an important match for these two because both of them are going up the ladder. And, uh, you know, Jillian uh, has shown that she has potential. Macy has shown that she has potential. I like them both. I think eventually we'll see, could see either of them uh, challenge for the title or even get the title. Who knows? But uh, I like that fight. I like that fight. It's not going to be boring, that's for sure. Okay. The other fight, which is on the prelims, is Molly McCann versus Diana Belbita. And that is at flyweight. Molly McCann is um, from Liverpool, England. She's very popular in England, okay? She's meatball Molly and all of that stuff. You know, she's two and one. She's two and one in the... The UFC, she's, to me, 
very limited. She's primarily a striker. Uh, in fact, her one loss was by submission to Jillian Robertson. Okay, so I don't know what type of fighter Diane is. I'll get to that in a sec. But Molly basically is a striker. She has no ground game to speak of. I don't even think she's that great a striker. In her last fight, she beat uh, uh, Brazilian Ariane Lipsky, who in her two fights has looked awful. And actually, both fighters look terrible. And, you know, Molly won by unanimous decision. She has a habit of showboating in the cage. And if somebody is really good and they're dominating, I have no problem with that, okay? She's a mid-card fighter. She shouldn't be showboating, okay? Now, our opponent here is an unknown. Her name is Diana Belbita. She's making her USC debut. She's from Romania. And the only thing I got to say about her, she's 13-4. and four, And, I mean, she's mostly fought in at home in Romania, and she hasn't really, I mean, she's fought one fighter that you've heard of, and that was Ariane Lipsky, and she lost, okay, so, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, we'll see, anything is possible in this world, anyways, both of those fights, those, remember, it's Friday night, okay, so that show apparently in the States is going to be on ESPN2, and in Canada on TSN, but just remember, it's on Friday. <laughs> okay. Okay, I had one other thing I wanted to comment on. You probably heard about this over, uh, overnight, and that's that uh, the uh, parent company of New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is called Bushiroad, has purchased Stardom. Okay, Stardom is a women's promotion in Japan owned by uh, uh, Hiroshi or we call him by his nickname, Rossi Ogawa, okay? So, you know, so what's the motivation of them buying it? Now, the first thing I hear from these guys, the usual nonsense that, oh, maybe they're going to put women on New Japan shows. Uh, apparently not, <laughs> which is not surprising. I always get asked about this, okay? And here's the thing about Japan. You know, it, for many years, men and women's wrestling has all, have always been separate. Okay, there is occasional crossover, but it's just not that frequent. And in the case of New Japan, it's kind of like Ring of Honor in the U.S. You know, Ring of Honor now has a women's division, but they probably shouldn't have one because the Ring of Honor fans really don't want to watch women's wrestling. Okay, all right? And it's the same thing with New Japan. The fans really don't want to see women's wrestling. So once we got rid of that, we found out what they're going to do. Uh... Stardom will continue to be run as a separate company. Uh, Rossi Ogawa will continue to run the company, and I guess they'll have the same wrestlers, mostly under contract, but there will be some foreigners and also freelancers sprinkled in there. The, the, the problem with Stardom in a lot of cases is um, a lot of the uh, prelim wrestlers are very inexperienced. Okay, so you don't get, get you know really decent matches until, you know, the high end of the show. So that's part of the problem. So that's not the real problem with, with stardom. Um, what uh, 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 Bushiroad plans to do is basically uh, they plan to do more advertising and possibly run them in larger halls. I don't know if that really solves um, uh, stardom, the stardom problem or the Joshi Paresu problem in general. Now, if they really wanted to help 
start them, the thing to do is get them on Asahi TV, which is where New Japan is, okay? Because that, you know, the, 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 the decline of Joshi Proesu coincided with the end of uh, All Japan Women's um, uh, network TV contract, and no Joshi company has been on network TV since then. So that's a big problem, all right? Plus, there are way too many Joshi companies, and most of them don't have money, and they don't make money, okay? And stardom is, despite how there are fans in North America who just love it, and that's fine, stardom is really no different from any of the other Joshi companies. They're broke, basically, all right? Why do you think he sold the company? Do you think if he could survive, if Rossi could survive without having to sell it, he would sell it? No, of course not. Of course not. And there's also was talk as supposedly the WWE made an offer for stardom, but they would probably not let him stay. And I think that's a key to this deal is that Rossi still gets to run the company on his own terms, though he has to answer to a higher power. He's had to do that before. I mean, he had to do that when he was involved with uh, J.D. Starr. He didn't own that company. He just ran it. Or he was a co-owner or whatever it was. He had other people to answer to. So now he has people to answer to. Uh, whether that means he'll eventually get fired, that wouldn't actually surprise me. Uh, but um, as I said, there, there's two, the, the, the number one problem with Joshi Peresu is you can't really watch them on network TV. You just can't. They're not. They're not available. They're on all on uh, smaller, smaller companies. Uh, you know, niche companies, and you can't make. You, you can't do anything that way. But it's tough to promote shows that way too, because um, the companies depend a lot on the live gate. And I mean, a company like Stardom, or you could name any other Joshi company if you like. They can't fill arenas now. They're they're wrestling in front of you know less than five hundred people in most shows. So it's difficult for them to make money. The other big problem with Joshi Proresu, and we were talking about, I was talking about this with a few people, is that, is that, you know, at one time when Joshi was popular in the 80s and to a lesser extent in the 90s, a lot of the fan base, especially in the 80s, was for, was, was young girls. And this is the way it was sold, okay? In the 90s, it became more of an adult product. And then after they left, after they, they lost their uh, network TV, basically the fan following for, for Joshi is, as I always call it, dirty old men. Okay? There's no kids there. There's no women there. It's all old, old guys. Okay? Buying gravure photo books and stuff like that. And... I don't know how you break through to that market without network TV, all right? I just don't think you can. So I don't think much will change over at stardom because Rossi is still there, but it makes me wonder how long Bushiroad is going to pour money into that company without getting anything out of it, all right? Remains to be seen. But, I, I, you know, it's a new owner, I don't think anything, I think it's business as usual at stardom for now remains to be seen if things change later, okay? So that's my take on that. Okay, that's about it for today. 
again, check out those two videos at frankp316.blogspot.com. If you have any questions or comments for the blog or the podcast, you can uh, leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you have any, uh, want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify. Be back on Saturday with the UFC fights. Uh, enjoy the fights, and we'll talk to you later.